So the topic of today is handling sexual urges. Handling sexual urges. Hebrews 13.4 Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all sexually immoral. Hebrews 13.4 Look at that. Marriage will be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Alright? First Thessalonians 4, verse 3 to 4. It is God's will that you should sanctified, that each of you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Look at that. It is God's will. That you sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. So first, the first verse, first verse I read, to the one, marriage should be honored by all. Do you see that? Marriage should be honored by all. So the believer ought to honor marriage the believer ought to honor marriage you know we don't talk down marriage in the kingdom we don't talk down marriage okay we don't talk down marriage we don't use the word excuses and issues to talk down marriage and despise marriage right okay because god founded marriage god could have told you know adam and Eve to live apart you know and just just um um have sex and, and reproduce, right? But he founded the idea of marriage, of a couple. So God, you know, honors marriage, okay? So we as believers that, you know, that take our worldview from God and his perspective, we ought also to honor marriage, okay? So part of the honor of marriage is in keeping the marriage bed pure, okay? This keeping the marriage bed pure, it doesn't just mean that you know your, your physical marriage bed relates well. Jokes. Okay, it doesn't just mean that um, your physical marriage bed, you know, you don't bring another person to your marriage bed. That's not it. He's saying that you 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 carry your body, you know, in purity, okay, in holiness before and in your marriage, that you only share your body with your spouse. That is how to keep the marriage bed pure. Do you see that? It says, For God will judge the adulterer, and look at that, and all the sexually immoral. So, we have a behavioral conduct, you know, as regards sex as believers. Again, we have a behavioral conduct as regards sex as believers. Do you see that? Now, first another 40, 40 to 4 says that it is God's will that you should be sanctified. Now, sanctification comes in two forms. There's one that God does for us when we, when we, become, when we become born again. He declares us saints, declares us holy, right? So and that, that, saint, that saintness, you know, that sainthood, that holiness is of the spirit. It's a free gift. So spiritually, the believer is a saint, right? But we still have to, you know, walk in sanctification, in our 
in our soul, in our minds, and in our actions. So he's saying that it is God's way for us to be sanctified in our thoughts and actions. So God's way for you is holiness, sanctification. You know, sanctification it even means beyond holiness. It means being separated unto God, called out unto God. Do you understand? So it means that, you know, our behavioral conduct is of those called out to God. So our holiness is beyond what people call holiness. It's the kind that God approves of. Okay? So it's not about what, what man thinks is right or man's standard. Our holiness is, you know, is as learnt from God in Scripture by the Spirit. Do you see that? He says that you should avoid... Avoid sexual immorality. He didn't say that you should hope it does not happen. He didn't say you should be, you should be, you know, you should be casual about it. He's saying you should avoid. Meaning that there are things you must do to avoid sexual immorality. It is not random. It is not by chance. Look at that. It says, Each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. So it means. There is, a, there is a holy way to carry one's body as a believer. There is an honorable way to carry one's body as a believer. Do you understand? So, it, it means also that there is an, 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 an only way and a dishonorable way to carry your body, to own your body as a believer. Do you understand? Each of you should learn to control your own body, meaning that the body needs to be controlled so, so you don't act in, you know, in ways unholy and dishonorable. This is so important, okay? We have to recognize that, you know, our bodies are not just like that, okay? We'll get there. We'll talk as we, as we go further. Our bodies are God's temple. Alright? So, we know, or maybe we should know, uh, that sex is great. Sex is awesome in context, Lord. You know, sex is great in the context of marriage. Sex in marriage is great, at least it is great generally. Okay, sex in marriage when when it's consensual, you know, when it is both approved, you know, and um, you know the way both parties like it, whatever, it is great. Do you understand? The art for sex is quite great, depending on your exposure to your content. Okay. But naturally, there's a desire for there's a desire for sex in every in everyone in, a, in every adult at least awakened to varying degrees. So the urge for sex, you know, it is not abnormal. Now, some people because of, of, of things they feed on their environment, their relationship, their culture, stuff like that. Now they are more you know they have a greater or they are more awakened to drive. But generally, everyone has a reasonable you know um, desire for sex. So. That you want to have that that those thoughts come, you know, that the urge comes, but your body starts talking in one way or the other, reasonably within limits. It is not abnormal, right? Awesome. You should know that. Uh, you know, some years back, a, a, a guy came to me tell me that you know I should pray for him, that he thinks about sex. I should pray for him and all that. I'm like, guy, you're not the only one, okay? Within limits, we all do. You understand? We all do. So within 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 limits, okay? You know, there, there's a schedule within limits. Sex thoughts, you know, you, it, it, you, cannot, you cannot fully escape the urge. Do you understand? 
Okay. Oh, I'm right on that. Okay. <laughs> you cannot fully escape the urge. Alright? So but you know, within limits, okay. If you don't if, if you don't you don't keep yourself exposed to such content, within limits, it is normal. As, as you start going from adolescence, you know, into adulthood, these things are reasonably normal. Okay, so you're, you're not a sinner because you have the urge. You understand? Again, within limit though, depending on your exposure to content. Alright? So sex is powerful. Sex is very good in the right context, marriage. But sex is that is a destructive out of marriage. Sex is holy. Sex is sinful. Sex builds great relationships. Sex destroys them too. Sex, you know, builds intimacy. Sex also destroys intimacy. Sex is a blessing. It could also be a cause. The difference is context. The difference is context. But sex in marriage is a different level of intimacy. Okay? What the Bible says in Genesis 4.1? Genesis 4.1. That Adam knew his wife. Look at that. Adam knew his wife. You see that? So this new year is a different kind of knowledge. It's a, a deeper level of knowledge. A deeper level of knowing. A newer, deeper level of knowing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. But this kind of new knowing, okay, is only, you know, unshameful. It's only um, guilt-free. It's only issue-free in the context of marriage. Sex has consequences that are best managed, that are best enjoyed in a marriage. Okay? The kind of sex that you can do before God's watchful eyes without guilt or shame is the one you do in marriage, you know, what you can pray for before you go into it. And Lord, as I'm going into this action, God, if many grace, give me grace, strength, and direction. They can let me know. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. So you can pray about this kind of sex because you know, sex in the marital in the mar- in the marital um, context is blessed. God approves of it. Okay? You can pray for direction. Come in Moshi. Let me let me let me be well led. Let me be well led. Let this thing let it go fine. Let everything go. You know, glory to God. I receive grace, glory. <laughs> okay, so sex in marriage, you can you can pray before, do it and after it. No guilt. So before it, you pray for it. You know, you go into you pray after you pray. No guilt, because you know, to God's glory. Hallelujah, Amen. All right. That is when you know. Well, I'm I'm married now, so understand. Okay, so. I, I have, let's say it's out in public. I have sex in between prayer. Okay, so while praying, you know, I finish praying, I go into it, and I come back, I continue praying. No guilt, no shame. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, you can even, amen. You can even worship while you are, glory to God. The Lord, I worship you for this beautiful meal I'm about to eat. Glory, hallelujah. This beautiful baby girl. Glory, 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 glory. Such a beauty. See everything. Looking so wonderful. To God be the glory. Woo! Again, you can worship and give God praise for his sex in the context of marriage. Alright? Glory to God. But outside of marriage, right? Sex probably does more to all parties involved. Long after the pleasure, the consequences linger. For some, it is guilt. For others, it is shame. For some, it's not a pregnancy. For some, broken fellowship with God. Broken fellowship with God. 
with some others, wake up prayer life. With some others, having children out of wedlock. The trust in marriage, STDs, etc. Alright? Many great homes have been destroyed by uncontrolled urges that lead to adultery. Do you understand? Many great homes have been destroyed by these things. Uncontrolled urges leading to adultery. Many great destinies have been thwarted or or um or limited by their uncontrolled urges that led to vices. Many great relationships have been have hindered their communication, you know, by by you know by sex in courtship. Time meant to have many conversations and to know each other, you know, the normal knowing. Okay? With the view to know if you can proceed to marry or not as we replace sexual activities. Okay? This leads to a sense of false intimacy. People that should not marry, finding it hard to break up, you know, when the sex enters into it. It's like the sex, Oman Doriru used to spoil the forgive my language. The sex used to used to um get in the way of proper thinking. That's the English. You say that. Okay? So also, you know, some people might get to marry without having conversations that I've had in dating. Because why? When they were talking, they were touching. And there's a way touching in that stocking when you are dating. Okay? Amen. So, we have to take note of these things. Some people have married people they should not marry because when, when, when it will know the person, they are touching. While touching, emotions get over hyper. Okay? Some interesting hormones are secreted so that the person just becomes, you know, I will die if you leave me. So, people manage themselves into, into marriage because they have let, they have let uncontrolled urges to block proper thinking and, most importantly, discernment. When sin is exalted, discernment is, you know, is limited. Again, this is good. This is so good. This is pretty good. When sin is exalted, discernment is limited. Again, when sin is exalted, discernment is limited. So, this you see in, in the natural and the physical. This you take note of. You are you, you miss out of it because sin and the resultant emotions have colored perception. Okay? Important. So, fornication and adultery have probably destroyed more homes than, and lives than any other sin. Fornication and adultery have probably destroyed more homes and, and destinies than any other sin. Okay? And when a believer goes into sexual activities in a relationship, the peace of God in the relationship quickly runs out and is replaced with anxiety and, you know, disharmony. Just need to find that relationship that, that, that once felt so good becomes, begins to become a weight on your emotions and inner peace. Things just begin to look, look out of place. The relationship that once felt like, like a blessing from God can quickly become a look like quickly look like something that is that is like a work of the devil in your life. Okay, it can quickly become you know a place of anxiety, of fear, of the ceremony. The peace of God jumps out. Okay, you know why this is because you are engaging in something that is contending with your righteous nature. You see that when something contends righteous nature, your 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 conscience will fight it. God's spirit in you, with you, 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 by God's spirit, God's spirit by your spirit, you know, will fight. There will be, there will be a form of repelling. So it's why you know 
lot of a lot of relationships right now that are, that are meant to be you know um, God driven, Jesus based. You know, I I I I I, I stress why they've exalted sin in relationships. All right, when something begins to take God's place in your life, your your spirit man will begin to repel. This is so important. Okay, so in fact, then you have to decide that your your relationship you, you will help that person be a better child of God. That you will not be a drag on their spiritual growth, on their prayer. You, you, that rather, you, you will be a support, not a drag. Do you understand? That you will tell yourself, that Lord, this person I'm dating, I will help her get better. I will not be an hindrance to her growth, okay, and her effectiveness in spiritual things. I will build him up. I will build that up. I will not tear her down with lust. I won't be the reason why this person's spiritual growth is stalled. I won't be why they cannot pray without peace in their hearts. Okay? You must make that firm decision. Not the worst part. When you stand before God in prayer or over the devil to make a decree, if there is this feeling of guilt that comes from sin, you might be praying and not feel up to it. You feel like it's got to really hear himself. Even though God hears, okay? But guilt can 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 block you from actually receiving from God. Now, it's not until God will say no to you, right? But the guilt itself can shut can shut your, your connection. You see that? Guilt, that sense of guilt, forms an entrance to prayer. And really, sin gets in the way of answered prayers. First John 3 20 24. 1 John 3 20 to 24. Look at that. It says, If our heart condemns us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. Look at that. And He knows everything. See, so He's saying, If our heart condemns us, it means, you know, God being greater than our hearts sees and knows everything. 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, look at that. It says, We have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask. Look at that. Because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is His command to believe in the name of His Son Jesus Christ and to love one another as He commanded us. I'll stop there, 22. So He said, if our hearts not condemn us, we have for God, we have confidence for God, and we receive anything we have asked of Him because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. 23 says, 23, and this is His command to believe in the name of the Son Jesus Christ and to love one another as He commanded us. Okay, so when we walk in love and obey, you know, as Christ commanded us, you know. Our hearts don't condemn us and we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask. So you've got to check yourself. Is sinful living forming a barrier to answered prayers? Before you blame God, God, you did not do, you did not do, you did not do, oh, you know, you know, check yourself, okay? Is sin forming an hindrance? Am I walking in love? Am I obeying God's command or am I making up my own commands as, as, as it comes? You know, some of us, we make, we make new commands, you know, as, as, as the day goes. So today, 
is a sin. Tomorrow is not a sin. We just, we just you know, freestyle it, you know. We just want to freestyle and claim that we're under grace. That's not how it works, okay? We have to go to obey God. John seven, John 15, 7 to 8 says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Verse 8. This is my, this is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Look at that. So he said, If my words remain in, in you, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, if you hold fast to my words, if you pursue after my word, if you obey my word and make my own priority, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. See that? You know that it is the doer of the word that is blessed, okay? So when we know the word and we do the word, obey the word, flee from sin, okay? It says, then you will bear much fruit in your prayer life. You will ask whatever you wish, and it will be done. Let no one fool you. Nobody can get God's best living a life of sin. Let no sweet talking or sweet preaching deceive you. You cannot live in sin and get God's best for you. It is not possible. You cannot trivialize holiness and think you get God's best for you. You are joking. You are joking. Okay? So, to get God's best for you and consistency in answer prayers, you have got to prioritize holiness. 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 Super important. Rating. You have, you have got to rate God. Rate someone that you obey him every time. You obey him from your heart every time. At least there is a desire, okay, to obey him every time. Some of us are too freestyle. We, we, we live so freestylish as though God is a joke to us. We just do whatever, say whatever, act however, you know, post whatever online. We just do, sha, as though God is a joke. We think we think we, we think we can help God make new rules of living. The other you learn from God and fix up. Better, better for your life. So, so you don't stay in one part, in one in one place all your life. I'm wondering what I'm wondering why God is not in quote faithful, faithful to you. Amen. Okay? Sin gets in the way of answered prayers. Do we see that? Now, the most important for, for, for abstinence for the believer is that God forbids it. God is against it. Okay? God discourages it, okay? It, as I read earlier, Hebrews 13, 4, 13, 4, that the married bed should be honored by all, and the married bed kept pure, that God will judge the adulterer and all sexually immoral. And first Antenna 43 to 4, that each of you should sanctify it, okay? That, that it is gospel for you to be sanctified, that each of you should avoid sexual immorality, and you should let control your body in a way that is holy and honorable. So it is gospel for you, okay? First Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Glory. 1 Corinthians 6 from verse 9. I will learn it. Is it good? 1 Corinthians 6 from verse 9. He says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. That is actually moral. No idolaters, no adulterers, no, no, you know. Yeah, it says, okay, sorry, let me get my NIV. That's amplified. NIV, 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 NIV. Hold well on. That here. Alright. Verse 9 again. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Not a sexual immoral, nor idolaters, 
nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. 11. And this is what some of you were. Look at that. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Look at this. So he's saying, you were, on, you were distant before. But when you got born again, something changed in you. Okay? You were washed, sanctified, made holy, and justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by His Spirit. Look at that. So he's saying that when you got born again, these things changed about you. It is not meant to be that a believer is involved in these things. You have got in your life a sanctified spirit. So you are able to live a sanctified life. Alright? Verse 12. I have the right to do anything you say. But not everything is beneficial. Look at that. I have the right to do anything. But I will not be mastered by anything. Now, some, some readers can say that Paul is saying you have a right to commit sexual sin. Nope. He's saying that number one, even for you know, even for things you think you have a right to do, okay, even those things they might not be beneficial to you. So you don't you don't just go about it's my right, it's my right, it's my right. You know, for example, in some countries, you know, it is a right to be to 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 be gay and to to marry marry gay partners, right? But even when it's right. It does not make it lawful before God. Even if you say, you know, it's my right. It's my, you know, people can say, if it's my body, you know, my body, my goals, my body, my choice, my body, my, you know, yeah, blah, 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 blah. But he's saying that not all, not, not everything is beneficial. So even those things that might, that might look right, okay, it does not mean they're beneficial to you or your growth. Okay? There's a river proverb that sweet things kill. See, sweet things in, 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 in a way out of context can destroy people. Okay? The thing says, you save food for the stomach. And the stomach for food. Look at that. And God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. The body is not meant for morality, but it's meant for the Lord and the Lord for the body, 14. And by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will, he will also raise us. 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Wow. Do you see that? Do you see that? Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Don't you know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with our embodied? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one spirit with him. See this part. See this part. Now, in Genesis, Genesis 2, talking about Adam and Eve and marriage, it says, then they shall leave your father and your mother and cleave to your wife, and the two become one flesh, right? Now, the one flesh there, as, as we see here, is even much more about the sex than about the marriage ceremony. 
the one flesh there, that level of oneness and intimacy, is much more about the sex here than about the ceremony itself. Of course, ceremony is valid because you must, you must seal the union before man and God. You must seal it officially. You must be an official seal on the union. Okay? That, that's what makes it not, not, not fornication or adultery. That is a seed union, right? But it's saying here that the oneness is this, the, the, this, the, the thing we call intercourse and sex, you know, is actually a big spiritual deal. The two become one flesh before God. I could say this way in the spiritual world, the two become one flesh because in, 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 in the natural, you don't become one flesh. You don't suddenly now join body together forever and become, you know, just one, one physical flesh. No! So, so these two becoming one flesh is much more spiritual than physical. So, this, this, this is what means in consequence. That whoever I'm sleeping with, I'm one in flesh with the person spiritually. This is very, very consequential. There is a way we can share things, good or bad, from people we have this level of intimacy with. Very, very important. I don't want to talk too much, but this is super important. So, don't go about... Joining your body with one you are not married to before God, it has far-reaching consequences. Okay, so our spirit man for the believer is one with the Holy Spirit, right? One with the Lord. But our flesh, right? You know, our flesh, our body and soul, we have to renew the mind and submit the body to God. Okay, so if we don't renew the mind. And, and we don't submit the body to God, eh? that body, you know, is not being sanctified and is at risk, you know, of, of, of um, opening doors to attacks from the devil. This is important. Okay? There are people that have gotten into things they should not get into by doing wrongly with their bodies. So I've gone into affliction and oppression of demons by sexual misconduct. You know, three years ago, three years ago, or yeah, about two, two over, over two years ago, someone came, someone came to me, a guy came to me and told me that, you know, earlier that year, he had sex with a lady he was not married to. Please listen to me. And since then, he, he, he went, you know, under attack, so that he would have dreams where, you know, he would go to bed at night on fire for God, right? On fire for God. And then have dreams, you know, and see this girl there, wake up in the morning, drained. Okay? He had went through a period of months where, you know, was under intense spiritual manipulation, right? Because he slept with somebody. Thank God he came to me. I, I prayed for him. He was delivered and that stuff, right? But I'm showing you that then, sexual misconduct opens the door to, to things you don't know about. So it's why we don't just go and come body anyhow. We only do so in the context of marriage. I have other stories about this, okay? So it's important. Please take, take notes. Alright? Verse 18 says, flee sexual immorality. It didn't say walk away. 
He didn't even just say avoid. He went as far as saying this time. This time he says, flee. Flee from sexual immorality. Now when it comes to sex, don't beg. Run. Don't pray. Run. Run. Alright? Don't negotiate. Run. Don't hope for the best. Run. Look at that. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. You are offending, arming your body when you sin in the area of sex. You see that? Now, we, we say, and maybe rightly so, that before God sin is sin, we are reasonably here, yeah, right? But before, before man and before your body, sin weighs differently. You know? Let me explain this. Now, in natural context, when you lie, the way people look at you, not, not, not look at you when you commit adultery or when, when you kiss somebody. See? This is, they are all sins, though. But before man and before your body, and before your conscience, importantly, sin is varying in weight. So it means that we can infer from some sins people commit repeatedly how hard their heart is before God. So if you commit this kind of sins that weigh so much in one's conscience repeatedly, it might be a sign that your, that your conscience is becoming very hard in that area and becoming hard towards God. And that's a bad place to be. Nineteen says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Do you see that? You are not your own. Your bodies are now members of Christ. Your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are now a shrine. You are God's house. You are God's tabernacle. So you've got to carry that tabernacle with honor and respect. How do you present God's body? Amen. Are you one of those that, 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 that carries your body with, 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 with the intent to show I'm sexy? I'm sexy. Sexy girl. Sexy guy. That is, that, that is a, a silly thing in a believer's mouth. You are only, only meant to show sexy before your husband or, or your wife. To, to every that person, sex is not to project. Sexiness is not to project. It even shows in how we take our pictures, our poses. Do you understand? You cannot be presenting God's body as, and your goal is to present a sexy body. That cannot be it though. You have to carry God's temple with dignity, honor. The only person that they're meant to be projecting sexiness to is your spouse. To every that person, you can't be presenting God's body to them as, and, and your goal is to be looking sexy. Male of me, that is pretty silly for a believer. Okay? The believer ought to be spiritual, not sensual. I'll take that again. The believer in Christ ought to be spiritual, not sensual, not carnal. 
Jam is going about I'm, 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 I'm projecting your sexuality, your sensuality too, and be a believer. You are, it means you're a baby, not maturing. Okay? Your goal is to be spiritual, not sensual or sexy for the entire world. God will help us. Alright? Alright? Your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You know the way in the, in the covenant, how they took care to care for the temple of God, the physical temple. How they will go as far as do ceremonial washing, wash everywhere, clean everything, wash the cup. Everything for the temple was was done with with special special caution. In fact, the temple had outer and inner courts. The outer court, every priest comes to the outer court. The priest comes to the outer court to worship. Right? But only the high priest was allowed into the inner court. And even the high priest in the inner court, they would tie a rope on his leg. If you go go to the inner court, the Holy of Holies, once a year. And that once, eh, they would tie a rope on his leg. So that, if if, if, it doesn't matter on time, they will push the rope to check if they're alive. Even they shake the rope, it responds. If he shakes the leg, they know he's alive. Otherwise, they'll use the rope to pull him out. That is how sanctified, how dreadful the temple of God, the sacred temple was. Now, the believer now is that temple of God. So, there are things not permitted in the temple. Number one is sickness. Number two, sin. And those two go together. Where sickness is, where sin is, you most likely find also sickness. Yes, you are twins. Okay? So, there should be no, you can't use the members of Christ as an as a sin object. It is not it, 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 is, it, it is a dangerous place to be. The Bible says in First Corinthians 11, is it 11? Talking about the communion and said, you know, because of the abuse of the general body of Christ, how how they treated the body of Christ, how you know, over food and stuff like that. Says, for this reason, many are sick. For this reason, Many die. That is not God's will for people, okay? We have got to be careful with the way we treat the body of God, our physical bodies, and the church of God at large. It's important, okay? The one thing that God protects the most is His temple. We, the body of Christ, we, we as His children, our physical bodies also, and also the body of Christ as a spiritual entity. The Lord protects us. The Lord defends us. So it is important, very important that we take note. He says, who, who is in you? Who we have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is so important. Alright? So, we have got to carry our bodies in reverence for God. The way we dress the way we think, the way we act, okay? Reverence for God has to show because our body is God's temple. See, if you value the anointing of God on your life, if you value the grace on your life, if you value the indwelling spirit, you will carry your temple well, you will carry your body well. Okay? You might wonder why you, you something some, 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 some to happen through you. It might be because you are not carrying this body well. You, you, you don't, you're not showing that you have respect for the grace and anointing on your life. There is an anointing in you. The Spirit of God is in you. Carrying your body well shows how much respect you have for the Holy Ghost in you. 
how much respect you have for his temple, your body, because the Holy Ghost lives in you. Okay? So you should not carry the temple of the Holy Ghost and you use it for fornication. It's pretty, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's not right. Do you understand? So I'm now say, you know, um, but, you know, uh, I, I don't do intercourse. We just, I just do outer, outer course. You know, people do everything but we do everything but I'm celibate. Are you a joker? <laughs> Before God, celibacy begins with the arts. Before God, celibacy is first from the arts. So, a body that is seemingly celibate with a very active sexual mind and you know what that people do. Before God, it is no celibacy. Okay? Now we're seeing Matthew 5, 27, 28. Since you have, you have heard this that was said, you, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already done what? Committed adultery with her in his heart. Look at that. So if you only just think about it, you have done it. So it means that the level of holiness we need to work in, in this regard is from the art, not even allowing, you know, sexual thoughts set to, to humanity. When those thoughts come, I just thought the, the thought just comes. Kill it fast, otherwise you don't kill it. Kill it fast. Do you understand? Kill it fast. So let me tell you the truth. If we don't practice killing thoughts, we'll find it hard to fight temptation when it happens, physical temptation. If you don't practice fighting it in thoughts, when, when there's room, room for it physically, you can't fight it. It's not a cause. You can't. Whatever you've allowed in your thoughts, you have allowed in your life. You see that? You see that? Whatever you have allowed in your thoughts, you have allowed in your life. I'll take it again. Whatever you have allowed in your thoughts, you have allowed in your life. Okay? So, even in your thoughts, you must be fleeing sexual immorality. Even in your thoughts. Okay? Again, as I always say, I practice telling wrong thoughts. No. I shut it down. I like, no. Not my thoughts. I, re- I rebuke thoughts. Why? Thoughts are powerful. Whatever I allow in my thoughts, I will allow in my life. Some some people go as far. They touch everything. Do all sorts. And even, and even, and even have orgasms. And claim they're celibate. Okay? You understand what I'm talking about? It's, you know, it's, a, it's a huge joke. Okay? So this is important. Okay? So... I, 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 I urge us keep your underwear on. Zip up. Zip up even your, your, your mental underwear. <laughs> Zip up your imagination. Zip up. Keep your underwear on. Refuse the urge to off pants before marriage. I'll say it again for emphasis. I'll say it again. Refuse the urge to off pants before marriage. Your physical and spiritual, you know, your, your mental on this. Refuse to put, don't put them off. Keep it on, even in your thoughts. A strong man controls his urges. The world will say a strong man has many side chicks. Nope, that's daft. Yep, very stupid, very childish, you know. Very, very silly, okay. Very weak, okay. A man that can't keep his words is a weakling, 
Okay, a strong man controls his urges, keeps his vows to his spouse, even is yet to meet spouse. No is always no is no. No is no, and it is always a no before marriage. No is no. It is always a no before marriage. You see that? Number five, holiness to God is cool enough for me. Holiness to God is cool enough for you. I'm giving you keywords that you can remember, that you can remember to play with in your mind. Okay, keywords remember that so you can play, you have those words ringing in your head. Okay? Thou shalt not touch. Thou shalt not touch. Thou art a joker. If you think doing everything but intercourse is celibacy, thou art a joker. If you think doing everything but intercourse is celibacy, that's a joke. Alright? So we are encouraged to flee from sexual immorality. If you are kissing, you are not fleeing. Because if you are like me, when I'm kissing, my hands like to wander. But thank God I'm married to I have legal rights to. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay? Amen. So if you are kissing, you are not fleeing. In fact, you are welcoming the sin. If you value God's word, you should be fleeing sin. Do you understand? Alright? So how then do I undo sexual urges? First things first. There has to be a firm resolve on your part and that of your partner if you are dating. There has to be a firm resolve to do God's will. Are you hearing me? If you are hearing, type in the chat box. I hear. I hear. I'm waiting for you. I hear. Yep. I hear. Tell me. Okay, feedback. Feedback. I don't know who is, who is listening online. Okay, waiting on your feedback. Quickly, 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 quickly. I want five feedback before I continue. Awesome. 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 Okay, I can continue. Thank you. Alright? There has to be a firm resolve to do God's will. It has to be part of your deal breakers. Before agreeing to date, and such that will make you walk away from a relationship. Okay, see, this is it. You have to so much value this, this part of your life, this purity before God. That eh, it's for you a deal breaker. You tell the guy and the girl, for us to date, for me to date you, sex has to be off the table. My body belongs to the Lord, and I will obey God to the uttermost. Okay, and even that when you begin to date. You know, and, and it becomes an issue. Let us know. See, I break, I will break up. It has to be for you a deal breaker. Okay? How much you rate God and value your relationship with Him, with God, will determine how much of how much of a priority you place on your obedience to Him. He has to have more value to you. Obeying God has to have more value to you than, than whatever you did. Do you understand? Hebrews 12 46. Hebrews 12, 4 to 6. 
Hebrews 12, 4 to 6. Are we there? Hebrews 12, 4 to 6. It says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of blood. I'll stop here. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So, even you, even, even all your, I will not sin, yes, it is yet to cost you blood. So, you know, you can do it. It, 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 it. It's not a matter of life and death. It's not a matter of bloodshed. Do you understand? You just have to say no to sex. It's not, you know, it's not food. Do you get my point here? It's not food. You don't have sex, you'll not die. You don't touch, you'll not die. If you don't kiss, you'll not die. You'll be fat, you'll live better, you'll live stronger. So you marry. Do you understand? You live more put together, more, more mentally old. So, he's saying that in your struggle against him, you have not said the point of bloodshed. So, it is not a biggie. You have got to put value on it. Obeying God. Okay? Titus 2, 11 to 14. Titus 2, 11 to 14. Titus 2, 11 to 14. Alright? 11 says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all, all people. So, verse 12. It gives us to say no to ungodliness. Look at that. The grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Verse 12. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 14. Who gave himself to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So, the real, you know, when we acknowledge grace, we acknowledge and say no to ungodliness. We don't, we don't, we don't permit ungodliness. We don't manage. We don't manage. We don't manage godliness. We say no. Okay. We live. We don't. We don't live godly lives. Rather, we live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. Okay. We are a people eager to do good. So you have got to put a value on obeying God. Second Peter one. Thirteen to seventeen. Second Peter one. Thirteen to seventeen. First Peter one. 13 to 17. Amen. Alright? Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Verse 14. As with your children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. 15. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Look at that. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. 17. Since you call on a father, who judges each person's work impartially, live at your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. So we've got to, you know, as our father in heaven is holy, we are also holy, right, in spirit. We have got to them practice holiness in all our conduct. So be holy in all you do. 
you have got to put a premium on obeying God's word. Again, you have got to put a premium on obeying God's word. And you must know this, that God will not ask you to do anything he hasn't empowered you to do. Whatever God asks of you, he has empowered you to do. Philippians 2, says, For it is God who works in us. Let me take it there. Philippians 2, he says, um, he says in verse 12, he says, Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right? 13 now says, For it is God who works in us to will and to do according to his great pleasure. So you say, Walk it out, right? But he said, It is still God. That works in you to will and to do. So God works in you, a, a desire for holiness, and also works in you ability to work as holiness. What, what, what should you do? Practice yielding to the Spirit of God inside of you. Practice yielding. Let 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 Him work His will through you. Don't resist. Don't let a man again. Don't let anybody you know get in the place of you yielding to God in holiness. Let's pray chapter ten thirteen. 1 Corinthians 10 13. 1 Corinthians 10 13. This part says, No temptation has come to you, but that which is common to man. But with every temptation, it will make a way of escape for you so you can endure it. So, what, whatever temptation you are going through in life, whatever temptation, whatever test you go to, whatever you go through, whatever, whatever tempts you, is not abnormal. It's not just you. Okay, these things are common to everybody, right? But God makes a way of escape for you. So nothing is beyond nothing is beyond your saying no to. You can say no to sin. Okay, you have been empowered to stand against every temptation and not fall. Whatever God asks of you, He has empowered you to do. So practice yielding. And you know, not the way this works. The more we yield in obedience to God, the stronger we get to yield even more. So I say, the more we obey, the more we obey, the more we yield to God, the more we yield. See, in, 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 in the kingdom of God, everything, everything gets better by reason of use. You know, practice makes permanence. Yeah, practice makes permanence. So the more we practice obeying God, the more we find it easier to obey God. So train yourself to obey God, you know, by, you know, yielding in obedience to it. So you can get better at saying no. That's why I said, if you can say no in your thoughts, you find it a lot easier to say no in physical. So practice obeying God. Cultivate being yielded to God. Okay? Number three, know your righteousness. Know your righteousness and your ability to say no to sin. Okay? Then speak, confess righteousness. Know it, then speak out righteousness. Faith works by speaking. Romans 6. Wow. Romans 6. Romans 6. Faith works by speaking. Look at that. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, 
we too may live a new life. Verse 2 says, by no means we are those who have died to sin. So you are one of those who have died to sin. Sin is dead to you. Sin has no control over you. God has empowered you by giving you a new nature. You have been empowered to say no to sin. Do you understand? You have been empowered to say no to sin. So sin has got no control over you. Look at that. You see that. Alright? Let me go to verse 11. Let's start from verse 8. Verse 8. Now, Oh, let me just continue. Okay, verse 5. Verse 5. For if you're united with, with him in a death like his, we certainly also united with him in a nation like his. Verse 6. For we know, importantly, that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. Again, verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Verse 7, because anyone who died has been set free from sin. Look at that. So we have died to sin. We have been set free from the control of sin. Verse 8, now, if we died with Christ, we believe also, we believe that we will also live with him. So we know that Christ has raised from the dead. He cannot die again. Death no longer has much over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives for God. In the same way, look at that, count yourself as the dead to sin. Reckon yourself as dead. Now, being dead to sin means being irresponsive to sin. Being far from the control of sin. So it means that you can, you can, you can, you can be irresponsive to sin. You can stop sin in its tracks. Okay, you are dead to sin. Sin has no control over you. But you are alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey with that. So it says that you can say no to sin. You have been empowered to say no to sin. So he said, therefore, don't allow sin to reign in your body. Why? You can you can you can you can stop sin. You can live without you can live without committing that sin. You can do without it. Okay, you are able in Christ to say no to sin. Okay, let me say don't offer your, your, your body, don't offer any part of yourself to sin as a sign of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as a sign of righteousness. 14. For sin shall no longer be your master, sin shall not have dominion over you. For sin shall not have dominion over you, because you are not under the law, but under grace. So sin has no power over you. You have got to know this. Sin has no power over you. You can say no to sin. You can get married, you know, male or female, without having sex. You can get married undefiled. You can get married, you know, having kept your body for God to the end. It is possible. You have got to pursue this reality. Why? How? Know these things about yourself in Christ. And Speak it over yourself. To tell yourself, I'm stronger than sin. Say it right now. Sin has no, sin has no dominion over me. Sin has no dominion over me. Sin has no power over me. Rather, I live righteousness. 
and to be empowered by God to do good, to act right, to obey God even in my thoughts. Ooh, I am holy. That's who I am. So I'm going to live holy. I am holy, so I live holy. I have a, a new nature in Christ, so I live out a new nature in Christ. Okay? I offer my, bodies to, my body to God, pleasing in everything. This is my act of worship, and I do it dedicatedly. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you understand? Glory to God. Whoosh. All right? All right? Also, to stay far above sin, practice living spirit-filled. Yielded to the Spirit. Romans 8, 14 says, those who are spirit-led are children of God. So children of God are led by the Spirit. So practice, you know, living spirit-filled, spirit-controlled, spirit-led, only doing things the Spirit of God approves. Only doing things the Spirit of God approves. Practice living this way. Okay? Practice living spirit-filled. Okay? Practice being living, you know, living spirit-drunk time to time. So that, so, that, so, that, so that you are able to keep all your members, you know, focused on things of the Spirit, not of the flesh. Okay? Leave Ephesians 5.15 says, to 20 says, don't be, don't be, don't be, you know, it says, um, um many times, because the days are evil. Okay, it says, you know, do not be, do not be foolish, but understand what God's will is. Don't be drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but instead, be filled with the Spirit. How? In Psalms, in, in spiritual songs, sing and make, sing and make, 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 sing and make melody to the Lord in your heart. Okay, this is the point. He's saying that, deliberately, if you make the best of this dispensation, if you will live effectively in this wicked and corrupt world, in this in these wicked times, you must live spirit filled so that you are you are controlled by something higher than to see the world around you. Growing up, right? When I was growing up and I was dating, you know, the times when I felt temptation so strong and, and, and I began to feel began to, began to feel powerless, I would run to a prayer meeting and pray till I'm drunk in the spirit of God. I, I go to those, those prayers where you will pray and live there drunk. Yep, I will go there and pray till I'm drunk. That will take me. That, that that will help me for like weeks. You know, I could go there and I'll be fine for two three weeks. Why? You know, I've got to refresh. You have got to practice refreshing yourself in the Holy Ghost. You see that. Finally, practice you know practical wisdom. Many times, spirit 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 believers act like they lack physical wisdom. They don't act like they are wise at all. They are praying. They are praying, praying, praying not, not to not to not to commit sexual sin. But you, you, you put yourself right where you do it. You pray, you fast, you decree, you say everything, you do everything. But now put yourself right where you can't say no. Or right where no, you can't know, you can't actually. But right where it is, it is, it is a lot more difficult to say no. Matthew 5, Matthew 29. Matthew 5, 29, 30. Matthew 5, 29, 30. Glory to God. Matthew 5, 29, 30. Are we following me? Almost done. Are we following? Are we following? Don't get tired. Almost done. Twenty-nine, Matthew five, twenty-nine. It says, "If your right eye causes you to stumble, gorge it out and throw it away, for it is better for it, for it, for it is one part of your body than for your than for your whole body to be thrown into hell." Verse thirteen. And if your right eye causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for it to lose one part of your body. And for your body to be thrown into hell. This is what it's saying. Now, it's not saying that go and cut your hand, it makes, it makes you steal. Or cut your, 
your, your preferred party, if he's making you sing, that's not the point. But he's saying that, you know, do everything possible to, you know, to prevent the sin. Take every physical step to avoid the sin. Okay? So it means cutting off friendships that exalt sin. Cutting off movies that glorify sin. Sexual sin. If you watch movies with too much sexual content, you are, you are dissolving yourself. You know, some people are, they are fighting against sexual thoughts watching sexual movies. What are you doing? Fighting sexual thoughts watching the movies. So it's like you're pouring water into a basket. You don't get food. So cut off the French, French like exalting. Cut off the, the movies. Cut off the relationships. Okay? If the relationship will not, will not stop being an, 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 an interest to your spiritual growth, to, 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 your, to, your, to, your, clear, to your clear heart before God, cut it off. If you value God, you will put him far above every such relationship. So if that relationship become, begins to stand in your way with God in holiness and righteousness, you might, be, you might have to really, really cut it off. Okay? Okay? If, 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 if it becomes that in this relationship we have more, more, we have more sin, then, you know, no, 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 cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. If the sin will not stop in it, cut it off. If the guy or the lady keeps, keeps asking for it, cut it off. If he keeps making the move, cut it off. If she will not hear no, cut it off. It shows that person might not really value obedience to God. Okay? Cut it off. This, this you can do. See your pastor. Let's talk about it. They will now review and know how to go further. But don't, but don't, just, don't just continue in sin as though it is normal. Do you understand? Also, cut off the visits. You know, you are you know that when you see this guy, you know you, you love him so much, you like, like him so much, and you love you love as sprinkles of lust. You know, some people have you no know, love and lust sometimes. It's like it's like lust is sometimes sprinkled on people's love. It's sprinkled, you know, love with lust sprinklings. And of course, I, I don't I don't blame us. It's in the, it's in the movies we watch, in social media we the social media we, we we see every day, the books we read, everything. So is it for most of us to have lost love lost sprinkled love? So you know that when you're before this guy, when he comes, when he comes around you, when he comes, when he, when he comes around her, your body just goes gaga. You know, when you see the odd kick, everything just goes wild in your thoughts. Wisdom says, cut off those visits. Make we meet for church. Let's see in church or restaurant or cinema, okay? If I like cinema or going, you, you have to have sense too. Let's see where people can see you. Let, let's be seeing where people can see us, where there's light. Amen, no wisdom, Okay? The believer in Christ ought to do everything possible to cut off sin from his life. Don't take it for granted. So everything you can do to take sex off your life, to take to take this off your life, you marry, do so. Okay. In conclusion, to enjoy God's best for you in life and in internal rewards. Holiness is vital. If we will not make mistakes that are too costly, we have got to value the need of the spirit. And obey his instructions, doing only what pleases him. Holiness pays, okay? And God's best for you is best for you. I say that again. God's best for you is best for you. One more time. Say it after me. God's best for me is best for me.
Glory to God. Are we blessed? Did we learn? Did we learn? Hey, hope you were blessed by the sermon. Feel free to visit our website www.thisgreenchurch.org for more info. God bless you.